tax season comes and goes quickly, is stressful, and most of all, it's mandatory. Everyone is required to submit their tax documents to the IRS if they earned money in the previous year. The thing is, though, many look forward to the fact of this time of year coming around because they get that refund. You know what I mean? Today, I want to change your definition of what a good tax year is. And yes, it does have to do with the tax refund. And I want to look at how if you make necessary changes, how this can tremendously impact you throughout the whole entire year. If you'll hear me out, you will be thankful. I promise. It just takes a little change of heart and a change in your mind. And obviously the biggest of all, going against the grain of society. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Financial Mirror. Financial Mirror where future success is reflected in our knowledge of fixing the one thing we can control ourselves. Thank you for joining me today on The Financial Mirror as we continue to improve the one thing you can control yourself. If this is the first time you are joining in, don't forget to hit subscribe on YouTube to be notified of all the new episodes as they release. If you are listening to this on a podcast platform of your choice, don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast, share it with coworkers, friends, family members, and everyone else that you truly care about. Because here we talk about personal finance and everyone knows that the better people are around you financially, the more fun you have, the better life is, so forth and so on. So don't forget to share this. If you are on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, leave a five-star review and a written comment as that goes a long way in getting this out to more and more listeners. So what defines a good tax year? What an episode. Uh, It is very well-timed. I would say that this was random that I landed on this at this time, but let's be honest, it's not random. I just, I kind of wanted to get ahead of as people are about to start, or if you haven't already, you may have already actually got your tax refund, depending on how early you got your documents, right? I noticed that a lot of people were submitting, uh, not people, but organizations were sending out these W-2s like way earlier than normal based off of what I've seen in the past. And so, I mean, that's that's not a bad thing, but most of all, it is tax season and W-2s rolling out does show that tax season is among us, right? So it is stressful for some, right? Uh, It's mandatory for all. And the thing is, is that I constantly hear people and their conversations about refunds. I hear it. I hear it all the time that people love their refunds. And I, I've heard it for years and I've, I've, I think I've talked about it previously in other episodes. I just don't know if I've ever made an episode solely about what defines a good tax year. So many times we think about, you know, if we're going to measure success, right? We're going to measure success of our tax year or success of the previous year, right? Because the tax season is a recap of like for this tax season is, is February of 2023. This is a reflection of the previous year. So 2022, how did we do in how much money we paid uh, in taxes versus how much, you know, we made, but it's a recap. 
It's ultimately a recap, and that's kind of the part that I want to make sure that I address and we look at because it's it's something that for like I said, I've done an episode on this type of stuff before, but I've never talked about this tax season and how do you define what good is? Like what is a good tax season for you? Because if I'm totally honest, it's not the refund. It's absolutely not the refund. That does not If you got a huge refund, that doesn't mean that you had a great tax year, right? Actually, you'll find that it's the total opposite. But anyways, not to jump ahead. Uh, I want to tell you that I hear about refunds all the time and it's become a part of life. People genuinely feel like that their refund defines their year. And when they don't get a good refund or a big refund, I don't care if it's the singles out there, the families, the head of households, the whatever, when they don't get a refund that meets their intent, they get frustrated. They get frustrated. And I'm going to tell you, when I was a general manager at uh, at Best Buy store, you, this was this was like like Christmas, you know, 2.0. Like holidays just ended. People just ran up all their credit card bills. People just, you know, went into extreme debt to fund holiday travel, to fund, you know, kids Christmas, to fund all these gifts. And this is tax season is, or da da. This tax season is Christmas 2.0. Like retail stores love it. They love your tax refund as much as you do. If I'm totally honest, like as a general manager at Best Buy, people would come in and you could see it. You could see when people had their tax refund because they would be spending a little outside of what you know you would see. Because here's the thing: in a retail store, you have a geographical dynamic, right? Like people tend to buy the same things. They tend to have these like same like things that they enjoy purchasing in that geographical area. There's like you know, anyways, like that's a whole nother story, but. What what I notice is that retail loves it. They love it. They love your tax refund as much as you do. And so obviously, what what is a tax refund, right? And how does that define your success? And that's kind of where I want to sort of change your mind. I want to adjust uh, how you think about a tax refund because let's be honest, it's it's not all that great. It's really not. Like it's really... It's really, I don't want to say it's a bad thing, but it's not as good as people think about it. Now, when I was researching and getting ready for this episode, the one thing that I will say that I was extremely proud to see uh, is I was curious, where do most people spend their tax refund? I was curious because obviously there's a dynamic that thinks that everyone spends their tax refund on like luxurious items. But I was surprised. I was truly surprised. And I, I thought I'd share with you what I what I sort of found. This is a little bit older of a report. I think this report was from 2020. Uh, it was kind of the newest one I could find, like, like most current. And then if we think back to 2020, the numbers could be skewed just a little bit because of COVID and how people were uh, a little more hesitant to how, where they were going to spend their money. But most importantly, I, I, I even saw you know, pre-COVID, like 2015 results and 2017 and 2018 results. And they kind of were in line with this same same number. So I think that this is a fairly accurate accurate assessment, right? I think that if you can go back 2015, 2017, 2018, I think people are traditionally spending it in the same areas. So I was surprised when I saw that 46% of 
survey responses said that they actually save it in an, in a savings account or in an account is what it says. But uh, we could assume that that's a savings account uh, because there's one at the bottom that says invest in the stock market. So uh, I'm, I'm guessing they're not talking investing. Um, I guess they're talking savings into an account, and that could be a money market account. They could have bought CDs with it. I don't, I don't, I don't know what they, what they, uh, and that certificate of deposit, not like your brand new uh, Beyonce album, but save it in an account was 46% of survey responses, and I was very surprised at that. The next one was 35%. Use it on everyday bills or expenses. Um, I read that, and I do read in between the lines. I read that as they may be struggling a little bit. Maybe they've accumulated debt because they are unable to pay for their everyday bills or expenses, and they kind of need this to help sort of propel them or get them out of where they were. Um, so that's kind of how I read that. Otherwise, I don't know why someone would use tax refund money for everyday bills or expenses if they have if they have um, enough money monthly in their budget to, to cover those. I'm not sure why you would spend your tax refund on that. So that's a pretty high percentage, 35%. It makes me feel like people are living a little outside their means. Maybe they're just they're trying to play catch up with a tax refund. But uh, not re, you know, I'm just going to take it at face value at this point. I don't know their life and I don't know their struggle. But the third one was... 32% use it to pay down debt. And I mean, bravo, that's that's amazing because I was not expecting these numbers. Uh, then you get down to the next ones, 13 on spend it on something fun, another 13 spend it on a major purchase, seven invest in the stock market, six and something else. But I thought that that was, you know, those big numbers, the 32%, the so 35%, I thought that was pretty amazing to be able to see that, that people are being slightly more responsible with their tax refund than we traditionally like to think. And they could be lying, right? These are just surveys. We're not watching where they spend their money, but this this is this is a survey, but it, you know, I'm hoping that this is accurate and this is a good representation because that's awesome if people are doing that. But I kind of want to switch. I kind of want to change our thought. I kind of want to move us in a direction to where we can think about tax refunds a little differently. That's where I want to get us to. So today I want to cover what is a tax refund first and foremost, why they aren't as great as many people think and how you can change it. If I can change your mind on tax refunds, I want to show you how you can change it so that you can uh, potentially do better around tax season, right? Like when we define what a good tax year is, I'm hoping that you can see that a good tax year is not a tax refund, right? So starting off with the first thing, what is a tax refund? And this is just a level set. But a tax refund is a 0% interest loan to the government, right? It's literally a 0% interest loan. You are giving money to the government, right? And they are saying, whoa, you gave us too much. You only owed us $100. You gave us 200 Here's 100 back, right? They didn't say, oh, well, we we held on to this 100 I know you gave us this 100 back in February. It's now the next May. And, you know, here's the 100 Hey, And you know what? Here's an extra uh, $8 on top of that for, you know, just a little interest. No, 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 no. If, the, if you gave them 100 over, they're giving you 100 back. I don't care if they held on to it for 12 months. You, you're, That $100 is worth $100 to the government, right? When we think tax refunds. So it's a 0% interest loan to the government. Think of this as 
you've donated money to the government. A few months later, they're going to say, hey, yo, you gave us too much. Here, here's your donation back, right? Like that's kind of how we have to think about that. So let's break it down. Every paycheck you you have coming in, taxes are being taken out of. And you're like, come on, dude, I knew that already, right? Like I see the taxes coming out. I want it back. Okay, got you. But that's that's every month that that's coming out, that is contributing to your tax bill. That is your contribution. And then at the end of the year, you're going to find out, we're going to add up all the money you made, right? That's going to be your, your gross income. We're going to see how much you paid in taxes. That's, you know, how much your, your federally, how much you paid federal, how much you paid state, yada, yada, yada. And we're going to look at that. And that gross income is going to decide how much do you owe in taxes, right? We're not getting it. This is not a, a tax episode. I'm not going to get in and start talking about, well, you know, this, this credit and this, uh, deduction and this blah, blah, blah. And did you take standard deduction or not? I'm not getting into all that. But what I'm talking about is you had a gross income that gave you a tax amount. And that's, that's sort of a, a general idea of how much you owe in taxes before standard deductions and, and tax credits and all that kind of stuff. But here's the thing, all that money came out of your check. And if at the end of the year you overpaid the government, they're going to give you what you overpaid them back. Nice of them, right? Thank you. Thank you for giving me my money back. On the contrary, if you underpay the government, well, guess what? You owe them the difference, right? So you can see why uh, many people think of tax refunds as good because I don't owe them money, right? But let's break that down and you can see it's not that you don't owe them money. You just overpaid them, right? Like you, you overpaid your bill. It's like you went to a restaurant and your, your check was, you know, $50 and you gave them a hundred dollars and then you walked out and then the next week you're like, Oh man, I overpaid $50 on that, on that check at the, at the restaurant. And I'm going to go back in there and guess what? They're going to give me $50 back. Right. Cause I overpaid, but you know that like that's that's kind of the the and the best example I've got is because that's really all it is is that you've overpaid a little bit and they're just giving it to you back. But you can see that if you have this simple understanding of of a tax refund, how they're really not that great, right? Remember, this is like tax refunds are not free money. They're not. It's not this magical money that just like got you know magically <laughs> sent to your bank account or in a check in the mail or whatever. This is your money from start to finish is your money. The government just has given it back because you gave them too much, right? Like that's, that's really all it is. So we kind of, we've kind of talked about it, but why aren't they good? Right? Like if, if, if I'm getting this lump sum money back, why is it not good? Well, here's the thing. Remember what I said, this is not free money. This is your money. So here's how I explain it to my clients. Let's say you get a tax refund for $3,000, right? That means you overpaid the government $3,000 the previous year, right? But this is your money. You overpaid them $3,000 and this is your money. So in reality, if we just did a simple math equation and divided it by 12, that means you could have had an extra $250 per month in your pocket, okay? 
So think back, think back, close your eyes. If you're driving, please don't close your eyes. If you're listening to a podcast, but you know, just, just think back over the last 12 months of your life. Could you imagine what $250 per month extra would have been like? Did you, let's think back. Did you ever have to use a credit card just so you can make ends meet, right? Did you ever struggle a single month and that $250 could have turned things around? All of that would have been eliminated had you just foregone the tax refund. All the stress that came with that would be gone if you were just foregone your tax refund, right? Because you could have had an extra $250 a month. And for some, not everybody's honest with themselves, right? And I got it. I got you. You you may not be honest with everybody, but yeah, I don't, I don't care. Like $250, what's $250, right? Well, well, let me tell you, I I I I no longer accept that as a valid argument because when people were getting, you know. stimulus checks or something, people were going nuts over it. So, and that was a one-time thing. So if if I could tell you $250, if if $600 could change your life as a stimulus check, $250 per month should change your life, right? Like it can absolutely change your life. And that that's kind of my philosophy here. So many people get so caught up in this like single lump sum money that it means so much. Yet, They could absolutely use $250 extra per month. They absolutely could. So, you know, that that's one way of thinking. For the people that's for the people that are struggling, for you know, that that were having like have trouble making ends meet. Let me talk to the people that are like, no, I don't, I don't really need $250 a month. Like for real, man. Like I'm really good. Like I am good. Okay, well, I'm glad you said it. Because if you are, right, and I'm not saying you're not out there, but you're like, I really don't need 250. If I got 250, I would just throw it into a savings account. Cool. So let's think about that. I'm glad you said it. Have you ever heard of compound interest, right? Have you ever heard of that? Because I'm sure you have. So had you invested this $250 per month into an investment account and you received, let's say, an 8% average, which is a pretty average return, at the end of the year, at tax refund time, that same $3,000 that you got, right? 250 a month would actually be 3,112. So you would have gotten an extra $112 for you just creating your own tax refund for lack of a better, lack of a better term there. Okay. So many people are going to say, Oh, it's just $112. Yeah, you're right. It's just $112, but it's $112 you didn't have. And if, and if you if you're not, if you're not counting dollars like that, like you are absolutely blowing money away, right? Because every single dollar does matter, right? It takes, it takes dollars to create thousands. It takes dollars to create millions. It, it takes dollars, like every dollar matters. So uh, extra $112 this year, an extra $112 next year, extra $112, like you can see, like in 10 years, we have an extra thousand dollars that we've earned, right? Like, like it is a big deal right? It is a big deal. And that's if you put it into an investment account. What if you're like, you know what, but, but this year the market has been trash, dude. Like I wouldn't have gotten an 8% return. Okay. Fair enough. Let's say you just put it into a savings account then because the, the savings rates are pretty high right now. 3.75% It's like the average return you're going to get in a savings account. That's $3,052 after one year, still more than the 3,000 that the government gave you, right? Still more than three thousand that the government gave you, so I, I'm I, I would call this like self-funding your your tax refund, right? 
because the government's not paying you interest on your account. The market or the savings account will, right? So if you've invested in the stock market or you put it in a, in a savings account, that will a thousand percent give you a return, right? Whether it be this year, next year, if you invested, it may not be an 8% return this year, but over time, over, you know, years of, of keeping invested and investing this, this tax refund, uh, it, it will return a major growth, right? And let's be honest, if, if those survey results are accurate, people are already putting it into savings accounts when they get it. People are already using it to uh, pay down debt. People are already using it to do all these things. So if you have the extra 250 a month, that can help you pay down debt. Think about that. That's less interest that would have accrued on the account because you would have been paying down an extra $250 a month on the balances. You see how all this plays in. It's not about waiting this one year to get this tax refund to do all these things, right? Because let's let's be honest for with each other for just a second. Let's be honest with each other for a second. The biggest reason why people like tax refunds is because they most people, and I'm not gonna say all, most people have trouble saving money. Most people have trouble putting it towards debt when when they have an extra $250 a month in their account. Most people have trouble investing $250 when there's an extra $250 a month in their account. They see it, they spend it, right? That's that's truly the problem. That's truly at the heart of it. And most of the time people, they, they see the extra 250 and they're like, oh, but there's an extra $250 I can spend each month. Versus they can mentally prepare themselves for tax refund time and they can take this lump sum and they can, they only have to make one decision the whole year. I'm going to take my tax refund and I'm going to save it. I'm going to take my tax refund. I'm going to invest it. I'm going to take my tax refund. I'm going to pay down debt. And they only have to make that decision once versus having to consciously make that decision every single month. And that's truly the difference maker that I see over time is that money is so emotional that that's a hard decision to make every month that you see the money come in, you know that you changed your withholdings, and I'm going to go over that in just a second, but you changed your withholdings so you would not have a tax refund, and now you're not taking that extra money and doing these things with it that you would have done, right? You're not you're not investing it. You're not saving it. You're not paying down debt, and that's truly the problem. But if you're honest with yourself, and if you will be committed to your long-term financial goals, not getting a tax refund is very beneficial to you. It's very beneficial. So you're probably thinking, what if I have to pay though, right? Like we're only talking refunds. What if I have to pay? Well, if you structure things right, you shouldn't owe that much. If you'll structure things right, you shouldn't owe that much. There are calculators out there that can get you really close to breaking even every single tax season. Down in the description of this episode, I put TurboTax's W-4 withholdings calculator. Goes through and asks you questions and you can answer those. And you can figure out what your W-4 should look like. And the goal is to get to where you're not paying, but you're also not getting back money at the end of the year. Every single month is highly efficient. You're getting money taken out at the right amount. You're going to owe at the right amount, but you're breaking even or maybe owing a little bit or maybe getting a little bit back. Either way, that's a good tax season. That defines a good tax season. You're, you owe a little bit, you get a little back, or you just break even. Any of those are great. And that's where you want to be at. So 
if I've, if I've changed your mind, hopefully I have, if I have changed your mind, you can now see the, the benefits of not getting a tax refund. So how can you change it? If you got a tax refund this year, okay, you can change it still, still early, right? We're still actually, this is the best time to making changes in November and December doesn't, doesn't help you that much. Making changes in February, March, great timing. So how can you change it? Well, if you're ready to change it, all you need to do is go and fill out a new W-4 at all of your employers that are out there. So step one is, you know, is it's kind of broken down. You're going to enter your personal information. You're going to add any additional incomes that are out there. You're going to claim your children or other dependents that you have, and then you're going to estimate your deduction. The goal here is when you fill this out is that you want to have enough withheld to get you as close to owing or getting $0, right? Maybe you earn... You get a refund of $100. Maybe you get a refund or you, you owe $100, but that's kind of the goal here, right? That's kind of the goal. So like I said, I'll put the W4 calculator in the episode notes. So go to that if you're having trouble, but go through it. Try to get as close to zero as possible because that is truly a good turnout uh, for, for your, your tax season. That would be a successful tax season. So go through and do that. But all in all, when it comes to tax withholdings, the W-4 drives that whole process. So how I like to teach this and how I like to talk about this is that every single year is another opportunity to update your W-4. So if this year you get a tax refund, okay, cool. Go update your W-4. Have less money taken out, right? That's going to be next year. You're going to have a, even less of a tax refund. Maybe you don't quite owe, but you're like, man, this is still kind of big. Go in the next year, update your W-4 again, have less money taken out, right? And continue to update that until you slightly owe or you just break even. If you get to the point where you do happen to like slightly owe some money, you're like, yeah, I don't really want to owe money. We'll go back into your W-4 the next year and have a little bit more withheld, until you can find that sweet spot, you can find that happy median to where you know at the end of the year, tax tax season is not a surprise. It takes the stress out of it. It takes all those things out of it. Like you've been like, you've been actively managing how much money is coming out of your check every month and you've adjusted it to where at the end of the year, you're as close to zero as possible. That's a successful tax season. That's being deliberate about your finances. Most people don't know how much they owe in taxes. Most people don't know how much they're getting taken out in taxes. Most people don't even know that you can adjust how much you are getting taken out in taxes. But the thing is, is that if you'll go in and do that, that shows you are in control of your taxes, not the government, right? Not the government. If you will own your W-4, you will own tax season. Because remember, this is your money, right? It's all your money. Don't take it for granted and and then all of a sudden be like, well, this is the IRS and their 84,000 extra agents. This is the IRS and the government and they just want my money and they're just not giving it back. Remember, you do your taxes. You practically, let's be honest, it's the weirdest system. You tell the IRS how much money you owe them, then you prove it with the paperwork that you provide and then you pay that bill of what you, like you literally tell them, hey, hey, I owe you $20,000. Here's, here's how I know that. And then they look at it and they say, yep, that's right. Pay us $20,000. Or they look at how much you, you, you've already paid and you're like, oh, you've only paid us $19,000. Give us an extra $1,000. Or 
Like that's literally how tax season works. <laughs> like it's nuts. I know it's crazy, but that's literally how it works. So remember, it's not super complicated. It just takes a little effort. And if you'll put the effort in, you will be thankful for it. You will be thankful for it because at the end of the year, you will know every single month I was given as I, I earned all the money I could. I was smart with my money every single month. I invested what I could. I saved what I could. I paid down debt with what I could. I enjoyed life, right? I enjoyed life. And then at the end of the year, like tax season is just a it's just a task that gets done. It's not a way for you to do something to where you make this like lump sum of money. It's just completing your task for the year, right? That's all it is. So hopefully, you know, you've you've got a little bit better understanding of how this all works. Hopefully you can see what a good tax season is. Uh, and and now you can just go out and execute. Now is a great time. See how much you you are going to owe or get back in taxes this year uh, for, for tax year 2022. And go ahead and adjust your W-4 now. If this is something that you want to do, go in there and use the, use the calculator and figure out what your withholding should be and update it. And then all of a sudden next year, you will be on track for a little bit better, more successful tax season where you have more of your money every single month that you can do with what you want every single month with that money, save and invest it, pay down debt, whatever, save for kids college, pay off your house sooner, like all of these things. And you can, you can actually start to make progress in your finances. No more cutting it close, no more barely making ends meet, but really getting every single pension off every single dime you can out of your paycheck. Now, if you already take control of your finances and you want a little extra help in getting all of this done, head over to thefinancialmirror.org and hit book now in the middle of the screen. You can schedule a free consultation with me. We will sit down and decide if a financial coach is right for you. And if it is, we will happily get you set up on a plan that is perfect for what you're trying to accomplish. If you do want to give extra dose of support to the stream, head over to thefinancialmirror.org forward slash shop and pick you up some awesome financial mirror gear. I truly appreciate every single person tuning in as you do every single week and continue to support the stream. If you are listening on a podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast. Leave the five-star review in the written comment. It truly goes a long way. And if you're on YouTube or Facebook, subscribe to the channel, like the video, share the videos with all of your friends and family members as we continue to grow and, and achieve everything we want with our personal finances. Till next week. Continue improving the one thing you can control yourself. Peace. Well, that wraps up today's Financial Mirror. Join us next week as we continue to work on ourselves, change our mentality, and to commit to achieving the success we always envisioned. Regardless of your platform, help us grow as a community. Please like, subscribe, and share with the people in your lives.